0: to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. maybe we could jump right into this and you could tell us a little bit about yourself and and where you're at and and what you're doing and how you got to be where
1: you're you're uh, sharing your energy sure absolutely uh so for the record my name is dr ash zarian i'm a consumer researcher and a professor i have a phd in marketing but uh marketing is pretty broad i went into the field of consumer research and specifically, I wanted to study uh, narcissistic consumption, which entails buying uh, expensive goods, having a relationship with pos- uh, possessions over human beings. And that it's a kind of addiction such that we elevate the act of consumption over, you know, face to face or even virtual uh, human beings, um, as well as addiction to food, and addiction to um, the internet, addiction to drugs, alcohol, that kind of thing. Addiction all comes from the same place. It all comes from childhood trauma, namely complex trauma. So I was interested in understanding ways we can mitigate effects of, of addiction because the way we approach addiction in the West is quite disastrous i mean you show up to rehab you know you've been on drugs for decades they say sorry you have a 90 percent chance of failing and maybe five percent chance of succeeding you know and i didn't want to give up and so um i started to research ways that are esoteric that we don't have a lot of research on and so i um recently conducted a study that i'm trying to get published but man just having access to the type of participants that i'm trying to study they're rare like for example um i did one of three studies recently and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. one of them was about carnivores and the effect of on addiction and for the requirement you had to be six months carnivore and i found 41 of those individuals and that was hard. That was hard. And I mean, they yeah, said that you did that. Right. And yes. And um, please, so um, I found that um, carnivore had a significant effect on addiction, quite significant. Um, it had an effect on whether or not we buy expensive goods. It even mm-hmm. had an effect on narcissism so um i am of the unique disposition that wherever there's addiction there's also narcissism and this is a buzzword we hear a lot about in the news lately you know oh this person's narcissistic especially with the rise of donald trump whether you believe or not he's a narcissist it the idea of it is being entertained in the media um but that is from a mainstream perspective i think from a theoretical and historical perspective we really don't understand what narcissism is. Narcissism is a bit of psychosis. It's kind of psychotic in nature in that they live in their mind and they're they're addicted to grandiosity. They're addicted to this fantasy and they use the external world to regulate that inside image of of what I would call a vignette. So this mental Mm -hmm. image Mm -hmm. And so they hate and reject reality. And so because what they idealize doesn't really live up in in reality to that. So there's kind of a rejection of relationships. And so Uh there's a rejection of relationships because they weren't raised in stable environments, namely the household. They tend to gravitate toward addiction. Okay.
0: Or the things that
1: make us feel good. The, right. Those things that, that, that gratify us and make us feel good, is that right? Absolutely, yes. So, um, in the literature, this is called narcissistic supply. So they're in a constant pursuit of narcissistic supply, and they need to keep that image, that vignette, which is also called an introject, alive. And so they're in a perpetual chase to keep their fantasy alive, and um, because reality is painful. I mean, these people were abused in childhood. They were neglected, um, sexual trauma, uh, physical trauma, emotional, verbal, even spiritual trauma. And, and so um, we, li- we live, and, and scholars are saying this, we, we live in a very narcissistic society because our society is traumatized. Where is this trauma coming from? This trauma is coming from uh, the economy. The very notion of capitalism seeks to traumatize individuals. I mean, I was saying in Dr. Sean Baker's interview, um, if we remove all the unnecessary things of, of consumption that we engage with from the junk food, the processed food, going to restaurants, that kind of thing, um, there will be no economy. There will be no capitalism. It's, it's founded on this illusion of being inauthentic. I mean, when, when you eat meat, there's a holism there. Uh, when you're on the carnivore way of eating, you just feel so good. You don't seek the external. But it's more complicated than that as well. It's kind of paradoxical. Go
0: ahead. So, so, so let's see. So you're at the university. What, what, where are you at? Where are you a professor? I, I'm, a, I'm at the University of Scranton. And, te- and you're a professor in what department?
1: Marketing. So I teach uh, sustainability research methods, which in- includes um, statistics and qualitative mm. interviews, uh, principles of marketing, as well as international business.
0: And, and I'm wondering... It totally reflects my research. Well, that's that I'm interested because this is, I mean, obviously, uh, it, in some way, life is about marketing, no matter who you are, right? right? It, and whether you're out for a mate, a job, uh, or, or other accolades in life or, or purposes, there's some marketing that we all must have. And, and maybe in some way I'm wondering if all of us in some way have some narcissistic tendencies, but you're talking about something even further, but I'm, I'm wondering what about all that in between that may be a factor in, in our lifestyle that may be related to our nutrition, right, because if carnivore cures it or or it improves it, is it possible that the lifestyle we're living eating is much of the cause of it?
1: I would say so um i don't know if you know of uh, dr elizabeth bright she's yes she's uh she's fantastic she would do once a month um sessions every first Saturday of the month on Riviera, but I, I think she took some, uh, some leave time uh, recently. And she was talking about how there are different types of trauma, namely chemical trauma that even food can traumatize us. And as I mentioned earlier, that narcissism is just this systematic complex of trauma. And so from the environment to the food, you know, when, when we're eating foods, we're not supposed to, we're tuning into the frequency of trauma. And mm-hmm. such that we're attracting more trauma, and once we figure that out, we can tune into the the frequency of peace and connection, mm-hmm. and authenticity, and and that's that's trying that's the heart of what I'm trying to get at with my research.
0: So what what brought you into this particular research on on carnivore? and narcissism and how maybe your personal experiences may have driven those things.
1: Okay. Um, Well, I, uh, I grew up very addicted as um, a teenager. Even I was addicted Mm -hmm. to drugs, anywhere from hardcore drugs to alcohol. And um, I tried to break away from it pretty early on around the age of 23. I'm 32 now. And it just got very, very difficult. I mean, I just, was attracting more trauma. I was attracting more narcissistic individuals in my life. And I just, I wasn't exactly the best person to my friends and so forth. And cause I was in a perpetual state of addiction and um, I discovered uh, psychedelics and that kind of really helped me. I began with mushrooms and that got me off smoking cigarettes, but I was still struggling with the hard stuff and I was addicted mm-hmm. to prescription meds as well as alcohol and then uh within the past maybe four years or so I discovered something called ayahuasca which is from my understanding the strongest plant medicine in the world and so I um was fortunate enough to go down into South America and I got off the hard drugs and the alcohol within months of taking it and it doesn't cure you dr Kiltz. what it does is that it reveals to you what is good and what is evil in this world hmm. and what to stay away from so there's a trail of addiction and this this could be a huge topic in itself it's just that one thing can lead to another like for example caffeine so I drink a cup of coffee, right? And the caffeine, which is the active substance in coffee, tunes me into the frequency of carbs, for example. And I need to stay away from carbs. And then once I start eating carbs and then this ferments and then you know the fructose is behaving like alcohol in my body, just pretty much exactly. And right. now all of a sudden I'm craving alcohol. And then I'm back I'm back from where I started, so I mean it's it's a process. When I ended up with, um, you know, the alcoholic beverage in my hand, that went back all the way back to the decision to drink caffeine right then and there.
0: So you think you think are back to the consumerism and the marketing, because doesn't really consumer in the marketing play such a an ease to get, to utilize these substances, which ultimately, you know, one addiction leads to another addiction and leads to the changes in the brain neurochemistry that I'm wondering how ayahuasca may, may realign or reset some of this. and And I'm also wondering if not just using the drug, but having the proper mentors or
1: guides in those experiences. Can you comment on that? I mean, you can't just drink a cup of ayahuasca and then just, you know, absolutely be enlightened and then just be free of addiction. It's all about the context. I mean, uh, the, the shamans that go into this kind of training to administer ayahuasca, they train much more rigorously than, than medical doctors. They have to isolate themselves for years in the jungle and oh. they they just drink ayahuasca back to back every night and i can tell you drinking ayahuasca even in a group setting is just terrifying i can't even imagine drinking ayahuasca alone in in the jungle as a part of their training and they can't have sex they can't take showers they can't very often um mingle with anyone outside of of the person who's training them they have to like only eat a small portion of food once a day with a small cup of water with no salt like an unripened banana a little bit of fish and a little bit of rice and they have to do, do that extensively and their training never stops they, they disappear sometimes and they just go back and train some more using other plants maybe you could tell us a little bit about the
0: experience and how it changed your subsequent experiences in life
1: so um there there are a number of factors because when responding to a sober lifestyle, to integrate into a sober lifestyle, it's holistic. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says; it's holistic. You you can't just do one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. even in the Riviera community, um, uh, we we totally endorse grounding. We endorse um, exercise, um, you know, positive thinking, affirmations, meditation gratitude that kind of thing i mean it's it's an entire lifestyle um even things that are very subtle such as eating at a certain time in the day which everyone Mm -hmm. is different everyone just has a different prescription for whatever it is like for example i use the caffeine example that is not the case for everyone some people are just more sensitive than others and that that's Mm -hmm. the case i mean every even meeting carnivores i mean all their stories are unique like for example mine i'm very sensitive to beef <laughs> it sucks i can well, I own, i'm a lamb guy. guy right i'm a lamb guy that's exactly yeah. right yeah and so um it, a carnivore is really hard for me uh, and it, like i have an extra challenging journey and so because of that i'm much more susceptible to falling off the wagon
0: well, I listened and, uh, and watched actually be both. I was, I was watching and then I wound up listening while I was driving to work. And, um, tell
1: us a little bit about how you got to the carnivore place. So as I was, I was a vegan going into carnivore and, you know, like marketing, I was programmed by, you know, institutions like PETA and, um, you know, you know, the United Nations, you know, eat less meat. Meat is destroying the planet. Meat is not sustainable. Meat causes heart disease. Meat causes constipation. And the last thing I wanted was to have surgery for my IBS again because that was the worst experience of my life, <laughs> just about. And I caught Sean Baker's podcast right when i was having complications from the surgery and i was having complications because of not eating meat and i was five foot eight i weighed 113 pounds and um i was just malnourished i was so skinny i was so sick i had to take a break from my phd and um i came across sean baker's podcast with joe rogan and you know he was talking about IBS and he's he was saying hey look you often find you know remnants of fiber you know of plants in your stool but do you ever find a piece of beef in your uh in your stool and right then and there I was sold I went to the store the next day bought a piece of steak and my IBS was cured in a day and and my dandruff started to heal my lifelong dandruff but it's complicated because you know a lot of us we struggle you know i often say that to to quote a biblical reference that carnivores are in the world and not of the world in in the sense that we reject we reject so many addictions i mean this is the most difficult diet because you know a lot of us are just you know ruminant meat salt water and that's rejecting you know, a lot of the illusion of what life is offering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we can't participate in a lot of it. I have to go to a restaurant and it, with family and friends. And before then, I have to eat uh, quite adequately. I have to get like maybe a pound and a half, two pounds of meat in. And I just sit there and I drink water and I have good conversation. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. So I can't, I can't participate in these rituals of consumption. And not a lot of carnivores can't either. And I mean, this is what carnivore asks of us to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's, that's difficult. And when we're of the world and this is where it gets complex, Dr. Kiltz is a lot of us are in pain. I mean, addiction is a response to pain a response to suffering and that I've been in Revero's community going on two years now. And, uh, um, a lot of us just go off the wagon. I can only count maybe a handful of people who have just been consecutively carnivore. And a lot of them still have some sort of vice. So yeah.
0: What's your, what I know you're, you talk, you mentioned a holistic, um, um, approach and I, I know you're, uh, uh doing a lot of medication work. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and how you've used it to help, uh, um, um
1: separate away from our addictions. Okay. Um, so in 2015, I was struggling with cocaine quite, quite severely. I mean, I, I, had to take a break from university because I was just really, Wrong. really struggling. And um, I uh, I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. So I um, found David Lynch's, uh, I, I believe it's called the David Lynch Institute or Foundation for Transcendental Meditation. And he had two celebrities, Russell Brand and, da- and Jerry Seinfeld. And Russell Brand was talking about his heroin and cocaine addiction and how he used Transcendental Meditation or TM to solve it. So within a week of, of meditating, I, I quit using cocaine. And it was just so profound just by sitting on the side of my bed for 10, 20 minutes a day. And then I got so obsessed that I bought a cushion. And there, were, at the time, there was not a lot of information on YouTube I, aside from testimonials, there was, there wasn't a lot of instruction. There was just one YouTube video with a guy named Leo from actualize.org giving what he called the no bullshit guide to, um, meditation. And he says, you need to sit there. And if you start to feel angry and you start to feel anxious, it means you're meditating correctly. And that's exactly what was happening. So I would just notice the sensation of anxiety and desire and, Shame and guilt and sadness and all of these negative emotions just arise in the form of sensation. And I would just sit with it and I would notice it pass. And all of a sudden, I had no desire to use hard Hmm. drugs and not touch them since. And it's just been fantastic. Um, However, I was still struggling with prescription medication and alcohol years later and that's when ayahuasca really helped me. You know, Dr. Kiltz, people ask me, is ayahuasca similar to LSD? Is it similar to magic mushrooms? And I actually say it's most similar to meditation in mm-hmm. the sense that I switched from focusing on transcendental meditation to a style called Vipassana. And this is the style of meditation I use in uh, Riviera's community right now, which is a, it's a system of body scanning. So I know so when you get really really good at meditating the the ritual of meditation becomes disgusting believe it or not I sit on my awesome. cushion and okay. I start burping and I just burp and I burp and I burp and I burp and that's what ayahuasca is you it, it, in Spanish they call it la purga meaning purgative it's a purgative mm-hmm. medicine so you start to throw up you start to yawn you start to fart shake cough and so forth and that's exactly what happens on the cushion so it's a very advanced technique so what happens is i'll have some sort of negative sensations for example like Mm -hmm. some sort of tightness in my heart or liver and i can feel it and i'll sit with that sensation and once i acknowledge and place my my mind's eye on those sensations the sensations get louder and then all of a sudden the sensations transmute and I release a barrage of burps. And this is, and there's really not a lot of information on this. It's a kind of pressure that gets released in the form of either yawning or burping or farting, or shaking even. And so this so, is th- these are. Go ahead. So so so, most
0: everyone's addicted to something, and um, hard is sort of our nature of life, and that you know things are difficult. For, for all of us in some way would, would you agree and, and right, and, right. And, and so in some way uh, and meditation you know is is one of those things that many of us think are is hard and difficult to do. maybe your insight on on and maybe you can help us direct to your methodology or where we can find you to help learn
1: a little bit more about how important meditation is. Okay, well, I am, I am uh, the meditation host. As far as I know, I'm the only non-coach host in Revero, and I think they just allow me to do that because I'm a PhD for whatever reason. Um, and um, uh, there's a new community that uh, some of the Revero coaches are um, – that they just created called Fabi, uh, which stands for Fasting Animal-Based Intuition. And so we meet every Tuesday and and Wednesday. And uh, we talk about uh, a lot of holistic approaches there. Um, um, So these are the communities you can find me in. Um, So as far as... Keep it going. Yeah. yeah. So meditation is still difficult, even for me. I still struggle because when... I sit down on that cushion or even in a chair, I'm what I'm asking myself is to look at my pain. I mean, that's what meditation is about is looking at your pain and not a lot of us are ready to look at the pain. And that's why we can't yell at people when, you know, they struggle and go off carnivore. You know, we often have meetings and, and some people will get mad at each other, (laughs) you know, like. Why are you eating sugar again? You know, we we, we can't have that pr- approach, Dr. Kiltz. We have to be incredibly compassionate because when we go off the wagon and we fall into carb cycling again, um, we're yelling at the person because they're not willing to look at the pain, their pain. And that's not up to us. We can't force someone to look at their pain. So... Yeah. Um, how is it so
0: the, the nature of humans is and, and our human existence is somewhat is painful and right. we're emotional beings. And is it okay that we can be that? And 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 because maybe that's our problem. We we're we're all trying to be something perfect, but but that's that's part of our problem. Right. You know, it's absolutely. okay, maybe maybe that's something to do with a little bit of narcissism, right? The the <laughs> narcissist, you know, is 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 just blunt blanked out to accepting, even seeing that side of the negative of themselves,
1: right? Right, absolutely. Um, I mean, it like we want individuals to live up to a certain image, right? And yeah, um, I I, I commend carnivores. Anyone who's meat salt and water wow good for you hats off to you because what that person has decided to do is remove all the buffers all the painkillers because you know even sugar itself is an analgesic it's it's a painkiller it's it's self-soothing and when you remove that you're opening the door to look at your pain and so just this pain arises to the surface sometimes it floods out And carnivore gives you the courage and the energy to go face-to-face with one's demons, to process that. And sometimes it's a lot, and sometimes you fall off the wagon because you can only handle so much pain at once. And that's okay. You'll do better next time. You, I'm like three years into this. I am still learning. I'm still learning so much.
0: I've been doing the carnivore for nearly 12 years. Yeah. Before that, yes and paleo and then Atkins and all the other craziness uh, and, and I'm 66, almost 67 in a few in a few months uh, and I'm still learning from this journey and and uh, what's right it's only just what's right for you right. and because each of us has to be on the journey and so uh, listening to the pain is is so important for all of us in, in, in listening to others that are suffering and going through their journey that mm. we're either been there or we're going
1: there in one way or another. Yes. Yes. I agree. I mean, all, all of us are in pain. I mean, the I, I I'm of, I'm of the belief that nobody is enlightened because we're all one we're all one and as long as one person isn't enlightened you are not enlightened either and so you may have begun enlightenment but that doesn't mean you are at the level of Christ Krishna and Buddha and so uh once everyone awakens then it's it's participatory we're all we're all in this together and we can you know pain is something of the past and then all of a sudden we have heaven on earth and i feel like that's where human evolution is trying to transpire toward. We we're, we're all transitioning and,
0: right. and and I and there's a really great book the three magic words by US Anderson. Um, it's sort of it sort of changed my understanding of the universe to to the concept in some way we all are gods and we're on this god beautiful god-given journey and mm-hmm. we're all learning together. And the light is shining from each of us. And and uh, tell us a little bit about two things I'm interested in. One is your band, Wist.
1: Is it? Is um, yeah. No, we uh, we changed our band name from Wist to Arcana, recently. Arcana. Um, yeah. So Arcana um, is the final prayer that Peruvian shamans, who are called the Shapiba, will give you in an ayahuasca ceremony. And it's meant to protect you. And every single arcana is unique. So Mm. I I think, honestly, the most powerful thing you can do if you're struggling with addiction is prayer, believe it or not. Um, I wish we had more science on this. And I had to learn this in a very sticky ayahuasca situation where Uh uh, on my sixth ceremony, so I've done seven ayahuasca ceremonies, Ceremonies on my sixth ceremony, I had just the—I would say single-handedly the worst experience of my life, where I had to. uh, This is going to sound subliminal and kind of (laughs) very strange, but bear with me, please. This is very important. So, I went into a hell realm where I was nailed to a cross and I was tortured over and over, and I was amputated over and over and over again. Simultaneously, I was Sisyphus from the Greek myth, and I had to push a boulder up a cliff over and over, all the while watching all my f- friends and family, and in- including my animals, die over and over and over in a countless number of ways. It was terrible, and it was all happening at once. and. I asked to be pulled out of the ceremony because I was just on the brink of insanity. And they didn't want to pull me out of the ceremony. And I said, well, why not? And I said, "I'm under the influence of ayahuasca, I've taken the medicine. Just let me leave. And they said, the ayahuasca is not the medicine. It is the prayers of which they call ikaros. It's the songs of prayer. And ayahuasca opens the gates for you to receive the healing effects of the prayers. And I just thought that was so profound, and so this led me to something I just finished training for, called ancestral clearings. So I recently just became an ancestral clearing practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a friend uh, named Elizabeth Kip, um, and it, it's 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 so interesting to see how connected the world is. Her mm-hmm. son is Aston mm-hmm. Kip, and he's quite a famous um trauma specialist and he was just interviewed uh by Michaela Peterson this year and so I'm friends with his mom and uh she was telling me she had been addicted to prescription medication for 32 years and uh you know same story she went into rehab and they told her you know sorry you're gonna you're gonna yeah. relapse more Michael right and so she trained uh with this practitioner named John Newton, who was a actor on Melrose Place in the 90s. So he quit acting and started to teach uh, ancestral clearings. And I took a course with them last month. And she just celebrated nine years clean recently from wow. having done a number of ancestral clearings. And I've done about five or six of them this year before it become, I was just so moved by the first one. I decided right away I wanted to do this. So I'm um offering my services at the the local recovery bank uh for anyone from anyone from the university to anyone off the streets who needs it um weekly and and this is just a recent development and um i and th- what's amazing about this work is that it can be done via zoom or even a phone call wow. yeah
0: so, so our ancestors maybe that's a a good segue into our ancient nature Right. And 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 maybe in our modern consumer marketed world, um, addiction has become easy street, um, and and these things that we're addicted to are offered up in a way as if they're good for us, right? And 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 they've been made to be okay, and and yet the. In essence, I think the plant-based diet is the first entryway to addiction because plants essentially are all the addictive chemicals. Right. And then Absolutely. the access to tobacco, caffeine, teas, coffees, alcohol, uh, and, and all the other drugs that are 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 on the street, easily obtainable, um, also likely um for a reason. Hmm. Yes. To, to, to make us um, addicted
1: uh, right. for right. marketing and consumer purposes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Alan Carr's work. Uh, he has these easy way books and he basically yeah. dives into undoing the programming that the institution of marketing um pervaded itself into our minds with and so we have to undo that 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 programming i mean for me i've read a number of these books um he recently came out with one on cannabis and um it's that was super helpful i mean like he basically says that we have to understand that you know anywhere from teas and coffee and alcohol to cannabis these are all poisons they're all poisons and we're poisoning our bodies and you and we reprogram our minds um, as a counter response toward the marketing by reframing the way we think about these substances as drugs, as poisons, as toxins. And once we get enough of that programming, we can be able to, to separate ourselves from these um, profane acts of, of, of destroying our bodies. I
0: mean, essentially, In our in our truly ancient environment, these substances did not exist,
1: right, of
0: any significance or frequency, and 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 we were we were hunters hunters, and and that's what we we fed on is is fatty meat, Mm -hmm. and and uh, maybe we had salt um, and water, but we certainly didn't have have any alcohol or these things until somehow a more modern time, which I don't know when that is, it's 10, 20, 30, 50,000 years ago. Right. Uh, ultimately, uh, and maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, about your, because I think what you're doing in your consumer marketing uh, mission in your, as a professor, how are you sharing these ideas to students? And and because ultimately we're just mass marketed to this? How do we help see the uh, the story and how we can control our uh, or Or is it just we're addicted to it and it's impossible?
1: Well, that's that's a great question. I mean, um, in my principal's class, I can talk about it. I mean, I could talk about it in every class because consumption is such an integral theme in, in all marketing classes and, and um so is capitalism capitalism was founded upon you know it was founded on tea it was founded on coffee it was founded on um alcohol it was founded on tobacco I mean these things created you and know sugar Can't yeah absolutely and sugar yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so um it's very easy to to, to talk about these things in, in class and the the students enjoy it and I I talk about these things along with you know the principles as well and so what i try to do is to make things more relevant and interesting because you know students like these kinds of topics i apply these principles marketing principles to the context of you know sugar and um tobacco and tea and coffee and so forth so yeah um and, and- and in sustainability as well. I mean, I, a, a big theme of of sustainability is addiction, and I, I think the reason we're unsustainable is because we engage in acts of addiction. Our right now, at this point in human history, addiction is very much an organizing principle. Our lives are just absolutely centered around our fixes, you know, and we pollute the the earth and destroy the environment just to make sure we have our fix. And, and this is an entitled act because we feel entitled to destroy the earth along with all of its inhabitants, including animals and, and the trees and all of life because, because we feel like we, we can, and that is narcissistic. And, the, and this is exactly how narcissism draws parallels to addiction. I mean, they both have their origins in childhood trauma they both elevate the act of consumption over human relationships. They're both incredibly difficult to treat. They're very much, pretty much the same thing, in my opinion. So the childhood trauma is, we're somehow
0: imprinted with the story that, that I always go back to the point that those that commit the trauma, uh, if, if that's the story we're telling in a sense are also traumatized by trauma and it's that it's that just perpetuating trauma which somehow is related to our plant-based diet which creates mm-hmm. dysfunction in the brain right. and so Absolutely. it's also possible that the story we interpret is our trauma
1: yes in essence. and the- Absolutely. I I 100% agree with you. This is, and theoretically, this is called dislocation. So dislocation has five criteria. It has disconnection from the land, disconnection from the culture, disconnection from the diet, disconnection from the family, and a result of all that disconnection from the self. And so when we get disconnected from the diet, we tune into the, the vibration or frequency of inauthenticity so we just, we traumatize individuals and then we, tra- we, and then attract trauma. So it's just this perpetual two-way street of back and forth trauma. And then it just spreads collectively and globally. So once we can reconnect or relocate um, back to what made us human in the first place, such as you know being connected to nature, um, exercise, Eating a carnivorous way, then we can begin to heal. Mm. This creates the parameters, the conditions for healing. So. And,
0: and so, what I found, and it sounds like in some way you, you found the same thing, is that a carnivorous uh, uh, eating habit will help get you to those other avenues more easily. Right, right. And more efficiently. And-
1: I, I, I dug up a paper published in 1970, I forget the journal, but it was, um, it was an archeological journal of anthropology. The author was named uh, Vivian Roar, and she talked about how Native Americans would use animal fat to um, help cure mental illness in afflicted community members that is if they hadn't gone completely psychotic i mean unfortunately carnivore is not a panacea i mean once if you have someone in full-blown psychosis i don't i'm not sure if it'll help we don't really have um research on that but anecdotally i i i can see that um but in the beginning stages or if it's not full-blown mental illness we can begin to help people heal if we administer animal fat to um, their way of eating. So, um, I mean, it's Vivian. amazing. It's just wisdom. Who, who is the author? Vivian, Vivian Rowe. Oh. Yeah, R-O-H-R-L. Vivian Rohl. What was, what was the book? Or do you, do you... It was an article called A Nutritional Factor of Wendigo Psychosis. So uh, Wendigo Psychosis is, is just native terminology for narcissism look at look at georgia Ede, e-d-e yes uh and
0: she's got some really great stuff and i i still in in in, i'm still betting that almost every disease including um psychological disorders are all caused by plant-based low animal fat diet and that's just (laughs) it's just like slam simple because the brain like every other organ of the body is is the same in, the, in essence and and the poisons poisonous uh, uh, maybe and I don't know if you can answer the question about your your IBS or your your bowel problems surgical surgical uh, 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 treatments for those at the time when you were a vegan yeah or,
1: yeah or- I, had, I had surgery and um, I had complications for a few months but I mean, it, it it would have gotten worse, but fortunately, I mean, this was, was just divine timing, a miracle. You know, Sean Baker with his wings in in the sky and the clouds, you know, just came to me, you know, with a a plate with steak on it, and just absolutely saved my life. And um, uh, then now I get to see him almost every day and say hi to him, and he actually helped me out with the carnivore study. He's he's just a fantastic person, so.
0: Yeah, so so your, your is your paper available online or or it can't be.
1: I've been trying to publish it, namely in the Journal of Consumer Psychology. Unfortunately, what happened was uh, my sample size isn't big enough Ah. and and so they want hundreds, if not maybe a thousand uh, sample sizes. And you know, I'm just me. I'm. I have limited well, resources, so. So, um, so so self-published,
0: which or or a letter to the editor, or a or a um, or a um, uh, a observational study, uh, which mm-hmm. which uh, r- which which would would um, value from more. Uh, others to add to this study. That would be a good approach. Um, I would say that there's always a place for that, that just to, to continue to write it, to share it and to speak about it, because that's the part that I think is really important because what you've done is important. Harvard study, uh, and I know uh, Sean, Dr. Baker has also uh, reported on their experience. So. I would say it's just keep on putting it out there and the more you share it, the better.
1: And, uh, everything in due time, as they say. Right. Right. Yeah. All I can do is be in the present moment and just wait for it to happen. Life should be after this. Well, it,
0: it, well, I always say nothing good comes out of easy. (laughs) Everything of value requires hard. And as long as you have a pulse and you can still create condensation on a mirror, you can do hard. Because <laughs> it sounds to me uh, from your story, nothing you've done is easy. And yeah. it's it yeah. takes it perseverance and persistence Because I would say so many of us and let's just say we're all addicted to something. Um, And, 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 but it's a mentor, a cheerleader, uh, a, a, a shaman uh, to guide you through the process. Wouldn't you say? I mean, yes. in, In essence, Dr. Baker is sharing illogical concepts and ideas on the internet. And yet today, they're profound and very important because as a standard medical doctor, we are still chastised for what we say. But what you're doing and what Dr. Baker is doing, what Dr. Zarian is doing and Dr. Baker is doing is profoundly so important because more and more people are getting their information from this device called the internet. And, and uh, one of my best favorite books is by William P. Young called The Shack. I don't know if you've ever read it. No. no. But you must sometimes. But it was self-published mm. first before it became like a gazillion global bestseller. And, and, and so that's the part that I've learned in this medical journal or science, a journey that... Uh, One, one, no is just another opportunity for someone else's. Yes. Yes. If that makes any sense. And and I, but I am still, I want to get back to the inspiration in your music and how important is music to you think, do you think in, in our expression of,
1: of creating our lives? For me, music is very healing. I mean, I've always wanted to be a musician since I was a boy, and um, I honestly got my PhD just so I could have time to make music. I mean, I have a fantastic job. I only work three days out of the week, and the other four days, I I make music, and it's it's great. And even sometimes after work, I still make music. And um, and live music is expensive, Doctor Gills. <laughs> I have That's I have expensive yeah so i have to be able to afford um this equipment and so during the pandemic we didn't really get to play uh very much but uh recently um we just started up again and and it's all in due time and and um yeah uh, patience is a virtue and i i stayed optimistic throughout the two years and 10 months that we didn't play and um uh, now we're, uh, we're we just had our first show last week, and we're gonna for the first time in two years and ten months. And now we're gonna start up again, um, playing other shows as well as um, bars. And it's and one thing will lead to another, and maybe we'll be playing festivals and and in, in no time. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited, and, and carnivore really helps with that. I mean, like it's tough to remember lyrics, especially lyrics, and and carnivore just puts us in touch with with our memories and and then that like it's no, it's no mystery, especially um, on the day to day on how, at least for me, how plants create dementia. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No mystery to me. They're the
0: predators and we're the prey. Yeah. It's simple. So uh, on the music side, where can people find you? uh, If to
1: Google, your music uh, site. We we have a music page. Um, it's called Arcana Double Underscore Official. Arcana Double Underscore Official. So all right, I'm gonna we'll have Jake get a
0: get a link there so we can make sure because because everything we do has value and importance and and as a and and tell me a little bit about as a professor you know so you went from uh, what was
1: your your Where'd you do your undergrad training? I did my undergrad at uh, the University of Texas at Rio Grande Valley.
0: So and it's, what was it's your
1: of, one of seven uh schools in the UT system? And what, what, was, my was, your,
0: degree, what was your main, main focus
1: of, of study then? My main marketing. focus of study was, was marketing. Yeah. But uh, mo, I don't think most people realize when you do a, a, a PhD, you're, you're, basically focusing more so on methods so most of my phd was on methodology and so you take classes that are kind of um syncretic in the sense that they're interdisciplinary so marketing is just a combination of anthropology sociology um, psychology um, statistics uh, principles and management it's 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 a smorgasbord, just all these different, you know, elements, and that—that's why it pays so much, I believe, because it's you have to, you have to be the jack of all trades, in marketing. So.
0: And so, what was your drive to go from your marketing degree? Well, I mean, let me go back. When you decided to go into marketing as your undergrad,
1: was always the intention to get a PhD in it. That's a good question. Now, I I actually got my PhD uh, my undergrad in English. So I got my undergrad in English. And then I did my, I did my MBA with a concentration in marketing. Um, In English, there just weren't weren't many jobs, and I didn't want to be a teacher. And uh, my school's marketing program just had the world's best professors, the people that you find in the textbooks. And I, I, I feel like, at least at the time, that was just, totally undermined and people weren't realized weren't realizing that we're being taught by very famous people in our field I mean my mentor graduated from Northwestern University which is the best marketing school in the uh in the world and so I'm I'm I had a um um uh, a very classy education I had a top-notch uh um training program and it was it was just amazing I mean I was drilled over and over and slapped and reprimanded. <laughs> but like you said, it, it it wasn't, it's, it's not supposed to be easy at all. I mean, it's, it's tough. No, no,
0: no, yeah. no. And, and, and then your drive to get your PhD in, in this field and your dissertation was on narcissism and, right, and addiction. Is
1: that right? Yeah, that's correct. And that so. was in Scranton? No, no, I, I, um, I had already started working here, um, by the time my dissertation was um, almost complete. So this, this was years in the making. I mean, to to write about treating narcissism takes years. So um, I spent, I, I mean, I didn't have a typical PhD. I, I, spent about eight years because a lot of thinking, and a lot of experiences, and and uh, especially, a lot of what I was having to write about came from carnivore, came from meditation, came from ayahuasca. Mm. And so I had to have all these experiences to craft my manuscript. And so, I mean, it, I, I wasn't the only actor in, in creating this. this. This was a lot of the ideas I, I got were in higher states of consciousness. So what's the book's name? But the book of my manuscript and yeah. It's called conspicuous asceticism, collapsing consumers' hungry ghost. So, a hungry ghost is a, a Buddhist metaphor for narcissism, and how we were trying to um, have people be conspicuously ascetic in the sense that they're saying, "Look at me out loud. I'm not consuming anything, or needing the bare minimum." And then, and carnivore is perfect context for that. We we often see themes of videos where people will, will you know, um, say, hey, I don't need all this processed food. And then, you know, just throw a piece of steak on the table <laughs> and say, this is all I need right here. Nothing else. Right. And that's that's conspicuous asceticism. It is is is. And I'm just wondering
0: if if, if, if there's really sort of we have these these wide separations and it's, it's either everything or nothing. Right. But it, maybe really there is this, we can float in between and yet, you know, it, we float between less and then more and our struggles,
1: all of our struggles
0: between all of that.
1: Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, so, um, that, that, that was the topic of my dissertation. I was just trying to create something new really and um and um yeah, uh one thing I didn't get to talk about was how uh, oh, carnivore aff- affects us buying things we don't need, so um there was a paper published I believe at the beginning of this year that talked about how um, when um consumers under the influence of caffeine and tip, typically I don't think it's just caffeine but also sugar because very often we don't just have coffee black we are more susceptible to impulsive buying and so when we're under the influence of plants that buffer gets sanded down and we're, we're just much more vulnerable to buying things we don't need and and they know this <laughs> they know this and so it's not um it's not a coincidence dr Kiltz, that you have a starbucks you know at the entrance yeah. of the target you know yeah. that's right. strategically right. placed. so um it, yeah it, but in and right. carnivores they're they're buffered against this they, they i i mean even anecdotally and i i have the research to back this up they, they don't spend their money on things they don't need, but they're they're focused on prioritizing their money for meat. And meat is expensive. I mean, just in Texas, uh, the cost of beef has gone up 19%. The cost of lamb has gone up 21.4% in the past year. I mean, it's expensive to be a carnivore. And, you know, it's not just trauma or being able to discern between good and evil as buffers against addiction. But it's How much money do you have in your bank account? And you have to be able to afford meat. And I I don't like to entertain the notion of pessimism because pessimism, believe it or not, is a very narcissistic notion. Um, but there is discussion of people talking about the rising prices of meat and they're scared. They're scared in the community. And this is something we talk about every day in the community of when our beef price is going to be $50. And, and, mm-hmm. And, and this is something I'm really pushing in my class of sustainability. We just read Defending Beef by Nicolette Hahn-Nyman, and she's fantastic. Uh, she came to my class last year oh. Zoom on Zoom virtually, and she told us, hey, you guys got to eat meat, you know, and then this climate uh, pinning climate change on cattle is just nonsense. In fact, they yeah. can help us reverse climate change. And so um, – uh, sustainability is an excellent context to talk about carnivore. I don't really push carnivore just because, you know, I, I, my students, I don't, you know, it, it's kind of weird at this point in time. I tell them that I'm carnivore and I'm all for it, but I'm I'm just right now telling them to eat whole foods and stay away from the processed junk. So very gentle, um, you know, you, you, coaxing. You, you.
0: You 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 give it as a smoothie, and, and, and <laughs> first, and then and then you'll 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 share the the big the big guns at, at some point. And but it is interesting that yeah our, our it's we're lined up uh, to buy uh, sodas, alcohol, coffee, which ultimately is the driving force to the next purchase uh, of of things that we overconsume. Uh, do we need most of it? Yeah, no, we don't. Um, hmm. and, and so how do we teach? Cause I, I, I teach medical students in my practice also. And part of my story is listen, uh, I'm going to tell you some things, but you can't repeat them because you won't pass your exams. And so you've got to pass your exam if you want to be a doctor, but if you want to help your family, your patients, your community, you got to learn this because unless we do this, we're going to continue perpetuating the same problems and it's time we need to change them. And both physical, psychological, all our disorders and, and, and addiction, which is perpetuating based on a plant-based low animal fat diet, which is deadly.
1: Deadly. I absolutely agree. And I, I've, I've, I've appreciated what you've been saying recently, Dr. Kiltz is you've, it seems like you've taken off the gloves, and you're just like, hey, look, they're trying to poison you. This is on purpose. It really is. It really is. And I've, I've noticed Sean Baker doing that, and it's time to take off the gloves. If they're playing dirty, then we have to call them out on exactly what they're trying to do, and that we don't need to use fancy language or constructive run-ons. No, we have to say, look, this is intentional. They know what they're doing.
0: And this is why I think your study is important to put it out there through either through your work with Rivero health or, or other platforms. You're sure always welcome to share them with our, our community, which is all, all our community, by the way, because, you know, that's the one thing about this community where we're, I mean, I may not agree with, with Saladino's fruit and honey all the time, but I do believe all of us, including uh, you know, all of us are bringing some really amazing things. And, and so that's the beauty of the conversation that we can share these ideas and inspire people. And you as a professor, you know, it will, will, you got to get their trust, obviously to share the craziness of carnivore, but it's one of those things though, that in the marketing world, I think that's big because so many people are going into marketing in really communication and marketing is, is the new psychology. Uh, that, that we need to all learn. Uh, did you have any other things that you wanted to share? Um, I'm glad you brought up the target because I did hone in on that in your, in your interview uh, with, with, with Dr. Baker. I thought that was really great. Uh, anything else you wanted to share that I may not have asked or you thought,
1: wow. Or ask me even. Um, I have a friend right now who's uh, struggling with, uh, pregnancy and i've been trying to show her your videos and um um and she's kind of you know she's she's also a doctor and she's turned off to the idea of carnivore and she's like no way you know it, it you know dr baker would talk about you know performing amputations on people with gangrene from from infections from diabetes, and he said even after the amputation, they still didn't want to give the carbs. I mean, it's it's. I mean, what would be your advice to someone who's trying to get pregnant, and you know, giving up the carbs is the solution. Well, how how would you reach out and and okay. say, hey, so let me guide you here. I always, I
0: always enter with keto because keto is an entryway for everyone. Everyone can do, do keto. Keto is essentially high fat, low carbs, and eating less frequently because that ultimately will lower the inflammation because it lowers the sugar level. So even as a vegan, vegetarian, and a Mediterranean, I can get people to add fat, which suppresses inflammation in the bowels, which suppresses inflammation in the pelvis, which suppresses inflammation in the uterus and the ovaries. Which ultimately, I've seen a lot of people just on keto get pregnant and have a baby. I see. But I see. but carnivore is the master class. Right. So keto doesn't work. Go to carnivore. But it it really is butter. a stick of butter uh, and and cook the carbs well and eat less frequently. That's the and that's the the real trick. But you're right, because I talk about it and and uh, but I often ask, what would you do to have a baby? And the answer is anything. I said, would you eat steak only? Well, no. I said, well, what would you do to have baby? Anything, eat steak, and 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 have babies. And you know, again, like what you found, narcissistic tendencies, but every disease known to man is almost certainly caused by a plant-based low animal fat diet. That's it. There's nothing more. It's really comp, it's really simple. And, and our challenge is to get there,
1: to get there. I I know you caught this uh, with my interview with Sean, but one of the holistic treatments was, ayahuasca telling me that i'm a carnivore and that that's amazing the irony of a plant telling me to eat meat only and it's it's just so funny (laughs) well but but my bet is
0: you you know my bet is we're primed with these these i didn't like the universe we don't necessarily notice the things that we listen to or watch or you know any of this but then something it brings us. It's kind of like your dream where they were cutting things off you, right? Yeah. That that's all in there from things you know that some way, but it becomes profound when when it in those moments of clarity, right? And and so yeah, I I think you know I am not a big I don't know anything about ayahuasca, all right, or or any of these things. Um, I think prayer and meditation are really powerful. Everyone should do it. And I would love to have you share some of your meditation uh, uh, with us. And, and again, I, I think that God is, is, is the number one thing that we all need to understand about. But again, God is like so large in, its, in our ancient understanding, which I don't think anyone really understands it, but we tell a good story but that stories are empower, empowering. But you're right. A plant got
1: me to stop eating plants. <laughs> what can I say? It's it's amazing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right about the, the spiritual component. And, um, you know, I, I was an atheist going into ayahuasca. And then right after my first or second ceremony, I just said, hey, there's... There is an intelligence out there that is way greater than I am. So, um, and, uh, you know, even the um, science is saying that we need spirituality um, to transcend our addictions. And it's definitely a process. It's definitely a process of integrating God into every moment of every day. So, faith, 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 faith. And that's, I, see,
0: I use prayer. Prayer and meditation in my daily habits. I do three 10-minute prayer meditation uh, experiences a day uh, in general. And and I think it's important. I grew up Catholic, became an atheist, as a scientist. But then over the trauma I lived, uh, you know, God kept on beating me. And I just, you know, couldn't believe God. And then eventually God woke me up and I realized, okay, you were just training me. Not beating me. You are, you are, you know, it's that trainer that, like, you know, nope, five more laps, come on, keep going. And that's the beauty of it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Everything happens for you, not to you. That's absolutely
0: it. It's, uh, it, every bit of the existence of our experiences. That's why I like medicine. We like to label things as sort of like a negative, bad, but I like to imagine that. I never suffered from trauma. I was experiencing training. Hmm. But, and, and, and because God creates everything and everything God creates for us is good, but we just don't see it in the moment of the pain. But when we get to a point in life, we're like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's not pain, it's pushing it says, "Get up off the couch, get get out of the house, go to the ceremony, go to the band, go out there, and and do something." Because the purpose of life
1: is God's work every day. You get it. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Doctor Gilts.
0: Doctor Ash Azarian, a pleasure to have you with us today, and I look forward to uh, sharing more of your work and having us maybe uh, having you on one of our. Uh, mighty tribe so you can you know share your stuff on a on 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 a q a or something that'd be that, nice that would be
1: fantastic by the way my email is ashzarian at gmail com for, for the video of course I, just in case if any of the viewers want to directly yeah. email me and,
0: and that's that's really important because we're you have a lot to share to help so many people because there's so much addiction and pain out there and we need to learn these methods of, of healing and helping so
1: Thank you so much. This was fantastic. No, thank you. Thank I you, you I, so much. I look forward to coming and visiting sometime. Or you I come on up this please. way. Please, yes. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll meet in person at the meetup. I, I know I me we
0: will. Well, yeah, <laughs> I look so forward nice, to right? it. All right, man. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations, hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkilts.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.